Hello, friends, and welcome to another Monday recap and preview episode of the Rainmakers Fantasy Golf Show presented by DraftKings Rainmakers. We are going to recap the Wells Fargo Championship and preview the upcoming AT&T Byron Nelson. We're one week away from the PGA Championship. It feels like a little bit of a dull week this week, this upcoming week for the Byron Nelson. We're coming off a designated event. We've got the PGA Championship looming in a week, but there is still money to be made, Rainmakers contests to be entered into the AT&T Byron Nelson this week. We're going to get into the field. We're going to get into some of the players we like. But first, we're going to recap the Wells Fargo. And even before we do that, it's going to be a solo show today. My Monday co-host, Mr. TJ Lasig, he's out with a bout of call it bachelor party recovery and anybody that knows or attends a bachelor party these days in our now mid thirties, um, boy, you need about a 24 to 48 hour recovery. So shout out TJ kick it, kicking his feet up on the couch, took a, uh, red eye flight last night, a uh, little bit of a delay. So he's battling it here today. RIP to him. And, uh, hopefully he's hydrating, getting himself back to regulation and, uh, you know, just feeling a lot better than he's currently feeling in, you know, a good 24 hours or so. All right, let's get into it. The Wells Fargo. I mean, the question that I was asking myself this weekend is, did the Wells Fargo feel like it was a designated event? And I mean, shout out Wyndham Clark, man. He just went out there and took the thing. He gained 19 strokes total across the bag. 19 strokes. Only four other golfers have gained 19 strokes. Uh, it was John Rahm. It was Scotty Scheffler. And I believe, I uh, can't, you know, for some reason I'm blanking on the fourth, but I've only four golfers have gained 19 plus strokes. Wyndham Clark puts his name up there with Rahm, with Scheffler, gains 19 strokes, and just absolutely obliterates Quail Hollow Club. Usually a course that doesn't see tons and tons of, of birdies, um, but, I mean, he just played so well and forced everybody else to play well, which I think is what we saw in the leaderboard. You know, she, Xander Shoffley trying to chase him down, gets to minus 15, still loses by four shots. Minus 19 for Wyndham Clark to take home his first PGA tour victory. And quite frankly, it's been coming. We've been saying it for weeks. Now, Wyndham Clark has absolutely dominated in fantasy golf. He has been underpriced. He has been better than just about every golfer in the field in terms of fantasy scoring. And boy, did he put his full game on display all weekend and all week long. Um, just an absolute fantastic performance. I think one thing that stood out to me on Saturday and Colt Nost, uh, shout out Colt Nost, man. He's been great on the coverage for the PGA, a new voice. Um, and someone I think is going to be around the game for a long time. I think he's, you know, he just captures the golf swing. He captures people's attention with the way he describes things. He's very casual and brings a fun element to the game of golf. So shout out Colt. He, was amazed because Wyndham Clark, I believe it was hole 14, 13 or 14 hits a 330 yard three wood and then has 180 yards in on one of the par fives hits a eight iron, I believe a 185 yard eight iron, I believe. And it was just a 
a summary of Wyndham Clark's game at Quail Hollow all week. Just incredible to watch him strike the ball and hit it as far as he did and as well as he did. He gains eight strokes approach, 11 strokes ball striking, seven with the putter, and 12 tee to green, uh, 19 strokes total. Just an insane performance. Xander finishes second. Um, you know, Xander played fantastic golf. I think in general, if you were someone who was rostering Xander as someone at the top of the odds board, I think you're very, very happy, obviously with the T2 finish, but you might be looking at the chances that he squandered to, to catch Wyndham. He, Wyndham sort of opens the door early on Sunday. Xander kind of marches through it, gets the lead and then Wyndham kind of snatches it right back. So I think the back and forth there was pretty good. But from a designated designated event standpoint, I did feel like it didn't have the um, the gust that the RBC did with Jordan Spieth and Matt Fitzpatrick going back and forth in a playoff. You know, I'm not sure if it was because Wyndham wins by four. I'm not sure if it was because it's Wyndham Clark and Xander Schauffele, and you know, not in the like, not the likes of you know, Ram and Speed, Ram and Scheffler were out this week. Rory couldn't really make a charge. Um, you know, Xander is a big golfer, but is he big name? Does he, does he attract the people like Scheffler, Rom, Spieth, Rory? I don't think he does. So I think it felt different in terms of the designated events, but still a fantastic field of golf. Maybe just not as good as the masters and the RBC that we've seen in recent past. Going to be interesting to see how the field feels this week. Cause it's definitely, definitely a lesser field than this past week, but definitely a better field than the likes of like a Valero Texas open and some of the other non-designated events that we've seen. Um, and if you went out and you bought yourself a Tyrrell Hatton ahead of the Valero Texas open, because he had the best odds to win, he disappointed that week and missed the cut, but he's going to get a second chance here right behind Scotty Scheffler is second in odds to, uh, to take home this tournament. I believe he's sitting at, let's see here. What is he sitting at? I believe he's sitting at plus 1400 right behind Scotty Scheffler. Who's plus 450. you know, Scheffler and Rom when they're in the field and it's not one of these top, top events, man, it is crazy. The odds that these guys have to win plus 450 to win just a bit, steeper odds than Rom had to win the Mexico open. So I expect Scheffler to play really well. And the question becomes who is going to push, push Scotty Scheffler, Tyrrell Hatton, Jason day, Tom Kim, KH Lee, who KH Lee, interestingly enough, has a chance this week to do something. Nobody else has ever done a three Pete, uh, at, at a golf course. Um, he won this event in the last two years it is going to be a birdie fest this week. Previous two years, KH Lee won this at minus 25 under and minus 26 uh, under par. So I do expect there to be a ton of birdies made. The course is very, very straight in front of you. Sort of plays like the Vedante Vallarta course uh, uh, as the Mexico Open. It's long and the the distance is really the... Um, the hardest thing to navigate on this course, but when you can hit it far and when there's not a ton of penalty for missing, uh, there's going to be birdies. So I expect there to be a lot of streaks, three birdies in a row. I expect there to be bogey free rounds and I expect the scoring to be pretty high this week. So uh, as always, I'll be back on Wednesday previewing my teams 
going through your questions, comments, thoughts. Uh, last week, we did an awesome set of 1v1 or 2v2 or 3v3 golfer questions. So shout out all you listeners out there. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Really appreciate all the questions that people have had. Always makes for a solid Wednesday show. So if that is what you're looking for, would love to see you all on Wednesday. Or if you got questions, pop them over there in the Jolly Jokers Rainmakers PGA Discord. And I'm happy to get to them on the show. Yeah. I think my thoughts honestly are pretty straightforward here from the Wells Fargo. Uh, fantastic golf course, Quail Hollow, just an absolutely immaculate golf course. One of the things that I was interested in looking up was, you know, they compared this course a lot to Augusta. And when things get compared to Augusta, you have to imagine that it is pretty tough to get on and play Quail Hollow. How exclusive is the club? Ended up going down that rabbit hole. It's about a $100,000 initiation fee to join, and it's incredibly, incredibly exclusive. You need to know a member. They need to put you uh, up in terms of you know gaining access to the club. There's only 300 people with access to Quail Hollow Club. So uh, the PGA Tour has been having events there for quite some time now, and man, that venue just looks incredible there in North Carolina. So shout out to the golf course. Thought it played incredibly well and thought it made for some good theater and thought Wyndham Clark uh, just basically went out there and absolutely took any additional theater that there was to be had on Sunday with his incredible performance. As I look at the leaderboard, we talked about Xander T2, Harris English uh, ties for third with Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood tied for fifth, Adam Scott tied for fifth, Michael Kim uh, of note, Michael Kim, Rainmakers golfer, he was not exempt into the Open Championship, uh, formerly known as the British Open. With his performance this week, he gets himself into the British Open. So that is pretty cool. We'll be playing the British Open. Can use that Rainmakers card in a British Open lineup. Um, so that's a nice performance from him. Denny McCarthy, T8, also gets himself into the British Open. Was not previously exempt, so he gets himself in. KH Lee plays well. T8, Max Homa. In his in his uh his chance to three peat finishes T eight Max had a pretty frustrating weekend back and forth. Uh, There's just bogeys to be had and bogeys to be made out there. Max seemingly couldn't avoid those bogeys, and then Corey Connors uh, also ties for eighth at minus nine. So you know a pretty solid leaderboard in terms of where the odds looked and how they uh, how they spark sparked out. Um, but yeah, just an awesome performance from, from Wyndham. Uh, I did take a look at some golfers and how they stacked up in terms of lineups this week. Uh, shout out to Jesse over there doing a lot of work in the DraftKings Discord. He takes down the elite contest, uh, the elite guaranteed contest for 10,000. At the top, his lineup was Xander at captain, Wyndham Clark, Max Homa, Sunjay M, who Sunjay played Extremely well, continues to play well, really like Sanjay moving forward. And Justin Thomas, bounce back week for Justin Thomas, uh, a course that he loves, made a Sunday charge, just was too far back to be able to catch uh, the leaders, but a really good performance from, from JT this week. And I thought ownership at elite tier this week was pretty interesting, pretty spread out. Even someone like Xander, 14% owned, 2.9% as captain. We've talked about this a lot. You can really get leverage at captain if you get that captain position correct. Wyndham Clark was only 0.9% at captain in that contest. So a good way to think about getting different even when you're 
uh, stacking guys at the top of the odds board for entering these tournaments with just five golfers in play. Five, five, eight, seven, five was Jesse's score there. And in compared to, in comparison to the rare guaranteed lineup, rare winner was five, five, nine point five. So a bit higher, but not much higher in terms of number of lineups that it took to get to a top score. Uh, shout out snake 20 takes down the rare guaranteed contest. He had a lineup of Chiro Hatton at, at captain Wyndham Clark, Tommy Fleetwood, Tom Kim and Adam Scott. Adam Scott played incredibly well. I was I was fortunate enough to have him in my top elite lineup, but also had Brian Harmon, who brought me absolute max pain on Friday. Just an incredibly frustrating round. His short game was an absolute disaster on Friday. Had him in my captain spot. Actually had JT Poston in my second captain spot, uh, second elite team captain spot. So missing both of my captains in my biggest lineups was uh, a frustrating, frustrating cut sweat. But I even wrote it up in the article. The course just sets up to have some incredible theater, especially around the cut because of how hard 16, 17 and 18 dubbed the green mile. Uh, the final three finishing holes on quail hollow club is just an incredibly hard stretch of golf. And if you're not playing at the top of your game, it's so easy to make two bogeys in those three holes and then go on to miss the cut. Um, so yeah, I had a pretty, pretty frustrating week. Given I had a lot of golfers, I had a lot of lineups with four or five. I actually had a lot of decisions this week and built my portfolio thus far so that I do have a good number of decisions using rare cards up in elite, using combinations of rare cards, uh, putting them together with the right captain. So a really fun building experience, but man, it ends up leading to some frustrating, frustrating uh, results in terms of how lineups do. And then you play the what if game. What if I played Adam Shank in the lineup where I captained Brian Harmon, but thankfully for me, I was pretty much locked onto Harmon in his course history uh, and tournament history here just was too good to pass up. So sometimes the very Variance gods get you. They did get me this past week. I had a little bit of the sweat in the rare gated contest. So I did decide to enter the rare gated contest this past week. Bring up my team here. I had Max Homa at captain. And when he started to make a little bit of a run on Saturday, I thought, hey, if he went super low, there could be a chance that Max, you know, sneaks up to the top three in the leaderboard, but it just wasn't to be. I was also really high on Cam Young this week. Thought Cam Young's game this past week, Cam Young's game to me stood out as someone who would excel around uh, Quail Hollow Club. But man, Cam just is absolutely frustrating with the putter right now. Can't seem to figure out the putter. Um, and that was pretty frustrating. So I had a lineup in that contest of, of five of five, Max Homa, Corey Connors, Tom Kim, Keith Mitchell. And then I used the Cam Young core up in that contest, but wasn't good enough to get it done. 61st spot out of 294. And when you're playing in those gated contests, you really got to, you know, you're going for the upside. So I built a team that I thought had enough upside to win it. Just didn't pan out for me this past week. Still think those those gated portfolio contests and experience driven contests are really fun ones. Smaller fields, uh, more action when it comes to how you move up and down the leaderboard. But it turns out you're still going to need to have 
the winner um, and or a couple of guys in the top three and the correct captain selected to take those tournaments down. So just make sure that you're aware of that when building your teams. That to me is the most important thing that you're going up against the best of the best lineups, guys that are all at, littered at the top of the odds board. Um, and when the chalk hits, it's going to be hard to win those things when you don't have that chalk. So in general, I think uh, we'll be thinking through those lineup decisions continuing to go forward. One thing for me, and I said this last week, I'm still a buyer in this market. Uh, as of today, DraftKings issued some legendary auctions. So there are legendary auctions up for grabs. As of now, you will get into a $25,000 contest if you hold any of the legendary cards. As of next Tuesday, it's a PGA Championship gated contest for legendary card holders. It is a rare contest. So as, as I understand it, You'll be entering a team that meets rare contest rarity uh, exclusions. So you'll need to meet the rarity, uh, the rare rarity um, inclusions for putting a team together. But twenty five thousand uh, dollars in contest top forty nine, uh, top forty nine lineups pay, and there's five hundred and two. Uh, golfers out there. So I think you'll be 502 entrants into this contest. I believe it's max 15. Uh, so interesting. If you're holding legendary, you'll get yourself access to that contest next week. We'll dive into all of that stuff, but I thought DraftKings thought it was important to call that out. DraftKings just announced that this morning on Monday. So if you haven't seen that, check that out. There's auctions going down um, across the next several days for those legendary cards. I do think legendary tier is quite interesting. A lot of back and forth and banter on if this is, you know, generally speaking, I think the sentiment is negative on this, but there is sort of that market equilibrium that needs to be met. And this is how DraftKings is going to, you know, try to figure out what that market equal equilibrium is for these legendary cards. Um, not that said, I, I do feel for those people that have been playing in legendary contests and have made legendary purchases. Cause of course more supply is going to bring down the pricing, but you also end up potentially having more buyers in that market and tougher contests going forward. So we'll see what the ultimate net impact is, but interesting to me to see all 500, um, all 500 of these auctions go up. I'm interested also in if there's an impact on elite contests, if people end up playing some legendary cards down in elite contests or how they think about, you know, adding to their uh, overall por portfolio of Rainmakers cards. So we'll continue to monitor that, but newsworthy as of Monday, uh, Monday, May 8th here, that those auctions are live on DraftKings site. Okay. I think that's all I had on the Wells Fargo good golf tournament. Let's move into the Byron Nelson play it at TPC Craig's ranch. I said it at the top of the show, pretty straightforward golf course. The last several years have resulted in what I would typically call birdie fests minus 25 and minus 26 to win it. KH Lee has won it back to back years. So he has a chance to go for the three Pete. 
Of note, we've got Scotty Scheffler in the field. First time Scotty's playing in three weeks, I believe. So he's taking a little bit of time off, a little bit of a warm-up event ahead of the PGA Championship next week. So we've got Scotty in the field, Tyrrell Hatton, Jason Day, Tom Kim, KH Lee, Deki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, and then Matt Kuchar round out sort of the top odds down to plus 3,000 on the board. In general, I think this tournament is pretty wide open. It's Scotty and then a tier of the other golfers I just listed and then kind of everyone else. So I do expect there to be some differentiation in lineups this week and we'll see how the chalk fares. You know, I think about a tournament like the Valero Open where Tyrrell Hatton, top of the chalk, uh, top of the odds board, the chalk that week missed the cut. And that kind of changes everything when one or two golfers at the top of the board end up missing the cut. I think um, this golf course does, again, benefit those longer hitters. So guys like Hatton that can hit it a long way, Adam Scott coming off a fantastic performance, hitting the golf ball, um, Hideki Matsuyama, who has some some length and hits his long irons better than just about anybody. Those guys kind of stand out to me. So it's a golf course where you're hitting a ton of long irons. I believe there's two par threes that are over 200 yards, so really long par threes. And predictably so, if I look at the market, we've seen a ton of buys at the top of the odds board. So it it goes without saying that almost everybody at the top of the odds board has had several buys and therefore has 24-hour purchases uh, and percentage movements that are up over the course of uh, even even the last several hours. If I look at the four-hour target, you know, someone like, Let's see here. Who has a good bit of volume and who is up? Tiro Hatton, 35 uh, buys in the last 24 hours. His core price is up 7% in the last four hours and 40% in the last 24 hours. KH Lee is another one. 23 buys in the last 24 hours. His core price is up uh, 2% in the last four hours, 28% in the last 24 hours. So again, it goes to show you that staying ahead of the odds or just being first, honestly, when odds come out to the buying market, there are people out there waiting to see odds and then going to make purchases to fill out their lineups. So if you can stay ahead in this game, it benefits you a good bit. I saw some action uh, that the sniper over on our site, otmnft.com, the sniper has been producing some good deals. Shout out to hammer over there. So he got a JT for $10 an English rare for $10, a Hatton rare for $52. Um, and notably Aaron wise is back in the field. Aaron has his first and only PGA tour win. At the Byron Nelson event, his rare card is $11. So coming off a mental health break where he said the mental side of golf is just as important as the physical and he didn't needed a mental health reset. So he's coming off of a mental health reset. I believe he's been out over a month now, maybe, maybe about six weeks. So good to see Aaron back young talent, someone who has a ton of upside uh, will be interesting to see how he fares in his first outing ahead of the PGA championship next week. All right. What else did I want to call out? It'll be interesting to see if we get more gated contests this week for the last two weeks. DraftKings has run gated contests where 
if you hold a golfer that finished in the top five of the previous year's tournament, then you uh, unlock a gated portfolio contest. They've all of the prizes for those gated contests have been um, VIP experiences to the Charles Schwab, which is the Memorial Day weekends. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if there's more of those up for grabs, which makes me think if I can quickly pull up who were the top five at the Byron Nelson for last year. Let's see if we can find that breakdown because staying ahead of those gated contests has been good for getting access. And I know there's been some speculation of will these gated gated contests continue? DraftKings did, um, did say that they expect there to be more of these. So let's take a look at history here for 2022. We talked about KH Lee, who was first last year. Second was Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, obviously not in Rainmaker, so no impact there. Hideki Matsuyama finished third. Ryan Palmer, Davis Riley, and James Hahn would be the top five golfers in terms of rainmakers that finished top five in this event in 2022. So we'll see if we get a gated contest for this week. I'm not exactly sure if we will or if we won't. And what will be interesting is if the VIP experiences are for the same contest or sorry, for the same tournament, the Charles Schwab, or if DraftKings is doing more VIP experiences at alternate events for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell for the preview. Like I said, it is a dull week in comparison to the field that we had for Quail Hollow and with the PGA Championship next week. I think everyone is kind of waiting for that next major. I do expect us to see more action in terms of the marketplace ahead of the PGA championship in general golf is just a sport where you have way more people interested in the majors than you ever would even elevated PGA tour events, which I don't think have fully caught steam yet with, I would call the casual market. So there will certainly be bigger DFS contests for the PGA championship in turn, which will bring out more people that will play DFS golf, which those people may find out about Rainmakers PGA tour. Uh, it will be interesting to see how the market reacts in terms of pricing and sales and continuing to evaluate what options are out there for purchases uh, ahead of the PGA championship. That will be what I'm keeping an eye on and that will be how I'm kind of positioning my portfolio. One thing of note is I, I said this a couple weeks ago and I want to reiterate it at core. If you're playing at core, know that you're playing a lot of know that you're playing against a ton of lineups and you're likely go, going to need the absolute stone cold nuts of a lineup to take down the top prize. And if you know that going in and you make purchases knowing that going in and you're trying to either ladder up or just have fun and just learn about PGA DFS, then fantastic. If you're playing above core in rare or elite, there are a lot more opportunities in my opinion to win money and to make a profit, but it's still quite hard. Uh, you're just playing against much, much less 
competition because of the volume of lineups that are available at core and how cheap it is to put a core team together. So I think that's important for thinking about lineup construction. One thing we hit on last week was, should you play your best core cards in a rare lineup? In my opinion, it continues to be more beneficial to play your best core cards up in a rare lineup if you can. And the same thing with your best rare cards up in an elite lineup if you can, then it does to say, play those cards down a tier. So I think those are the interesting dynamics of Rainmakers right now and what I continue to think about in terms of my portfolio and how my lineups stack up on a week-to-week basis. Um, so last week I was able to buy you know, two golfers that didn't really pan out for me, but Patrick Cantlay rare and um, Cam Young rare because of their long-term outlook, because of the fact that they're going to play in a ton of events and because they were a reasonable price point for me to then put solid, solid rare teams together, but also round out the elite teams that maybe didn't have as much upside. But when you plug in two high upside rare golfers into three you know, medium tier or kind of high upside, low floor golfers at the elite to elite tier. I think those lineups become a lot more interesting and give you an even more of a chance to not just cash, but potentially run up the board in a, in an event where the chalk doesn't hit. So um, keep those things in mind in terms of how you're angling your portfolio, number of rare cards you have, number of elite cards you have, and things like that. Those to me are the most interesting ways to be thinking about playing Rainmakers. And as always, I use our player's view, which gives you a look at low ask of a singular player across tier. I saw some comments in our discord earlier today, trying to do the mathematics of what the opportunity cost is at the differences in price between core rare and elite and where you get more upside and what that upside is worth in terms of trade-offs for the pricing at mostly at rare and then elite. So if there's bigger or smaller spreads, based on the low ask, what does that mean in terms of what cars you might be comfortable purchasing? So I think it all depends on you, your own portfolio, but these are the interesting dynamics of the peer-to-peer market and of creating con or sorry, creating lineups for contests at the core rarity and at the uh, elite rarity requirements. So to me, those are interesting things. Last week, we pointed out Sun JM this week. I look at a couple of guys, um, KH Lee, I think is obviously someone who stands out, but KH Lee has bought, he has some steam on him. Someone who's up there in terms of rare 24 hour volume with the most purchases. Some of the guys a little further down that I seem to always have my eye on, you know, you guys know, if you've listened to this show, Siwoo Kim kind of stands out to me, $5 for core, $28 for rare, $209 for elite. So to me, when I see that spread, it makes me think that the rare buy at $28 is a pretty good one. He's ranked 40th in the world. He's ranked pretty high in terms of the FedEx Cup. Will he be getting into the playoff? Will he be playing in all the deluxe events? That Those are the questions that I'm asking myself ahead of trying to evaluate a purchase decision related to my Rainmakers portfolio. Uh, of note, 
Someone in our Discord called out Aaron Wise, an interesting one this week. As I mentioned, coming off that mental health break, has had about six weeks off. I think at least his pricing, 254 core, 1589 for rare, 110 for elite. And at plus 4,000 odds, he's at the top tier of that middle odds bucket that we typically call out on the Tuesday article. I typically consider the best odds, you know, plus 2,500 and up. This week, there's not a ton of golfers with plus 2,500 and up odds. It's five, sorry, six. It's Hideki Matsuyama, KH Lee, Tom Kim, Jason Day, Tyrrell Hatton, Scotty Scheffler. That means that middle tier is pretty big. Plus 3,000 to plus 10,000 is pretty large. Therefore, there's a lot of guys that round out that middle tier and Aaron Wise is kind of at the top of that middle tier. So we'll be interesting to see how Wise's price gets impacted and where he lands in terms of um in terms of, you know, pricing at the end of uh open registration for contest this week. Will his price rise? I fully expect it to because he's now back available to be purchased and used in contest and someone that has a lead upside, uh, someone that has, uh, and is going to play in a lot of these bigger events. So he has the status, he has the game when it's there, of course, he'll have some dust to knock off, but it'll be interesting to track Aaron wise over the course of the rest of this week. And as we head into the PGA championship next week. All right. I think that'll do it for the recap and preview show usually on this show we get tj's picks for winning wins but i think we're going to have him just join me on wednesday's show give some of his thoughts he's been red hot this season so i didn't get a chance to get his picks ahead of the show today but we'll have to get either his picks or have him have a guest appearance on wednesday's show where we get him to call out some golfers that he likes and see where he's going this week all right, that'll do it. Look for the Tuesday article coming tomorrow. It's it's honestly become kind of a Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning article, depending on the information that has come out and uh, just trying to get as much jammed into that article as I possibly can before releasing it. So look for that either tomorrow or early, early on Wednesday morning. And then I will see you all back on Wednesday at 2 p.m., for the lineup builder and listener question show, like I said, it really helps me out. It makes me think about my process and in general makes for a good Wednesday show. If you've guys got questions, comments, thoughts, golfer decisions, captain decisions, things like that. So shout out you all for always showing up, hanging out, doing your thing, asking questions and uh, seeing where the week takes us. All that said, head on over to our site otmnft.com check out the rainmakers pro section gives you all the information you need to know on pricing on players odds uh you'll be able to see all the market movements and you'll be able to check out your own collection start to build your lineups you'll see me on wednesday show build my lineups using our tool and i'll talk about why i think that's pretty favorable when you have a collection where you're constantly moving a guy in and out. We'll still likely have some withdrawal news. I know there's already been some withdrawals uh, as of today. We'll likely get a bit more of news on any withdrawals and replacements, which causes you to then have to rework your lineup. So that lineup builder tool and functionality is very helpful for that. 
So yeah, come back on Wednesday. More to be had, including my teams, my picks, and who I like. And until then, catch you all in the Discord and happy buying, happy selling, best of luck in the marketplace. Talk to you all on Wednesday. Thank you.